What is up, y'all? Welcome to Culture. I am your host, Leslie Lee III. Just listening to a little bit of Ringo Death Star, one of my favorite bands, Shoegaze Act. Thinking about going to see them in Austin. They're playing at Elevation Fest just announced. But we're not here to talk about music. In fact, we're kind of not here to talk about culture tonight. We're talking politics tonight. Hasn't been a while. We're doing a political episode, and I have a very special guest joining me tonight. The only person I want to talk politics with, the only person in the world I ever want to talk politics with, Katie Halpert, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Culture. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here, even though we're talking about a subject that's always a bit of a downer. Usually, Katie, in this block, we're talking about professional wrestling, the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Much more fun. Uh, Basically the same as politics, but much lower stakes, usually. Yeah, this is like unprofessional wrestling. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So we'll get into it, get on the topics. Uh, Katie, which topic did you want to start off with? Because we had a, a laundry list of political intrigue. Some things funny, some things tragic. I think the most interest, the one that most people were talking about, though, is the revelations that Donald Trump is actually quite fit and nimble apparently and was able to move was able to somehow according to um uh, according to testimony by cassidy hutchinson a former uh staffer current snitch current snitch she is snitching she is it's not even dry snitching it's just straight up i'll get into a little bit but because she is being heralded online as being like this heroic figure who's ah Get you know taking you know taking a stand even though she's a Republican she's you know separating right from wrong. Must say right, at even the even though she worked for Trump. Yeah, not only did she work for Trump, I think people get confused. She wasn't someone who came in after immediately after Trump won and then got a crisis of conscience. No, she joined the administration in 2020. She wanted to right. be a part of the downfall era of Trump, willingly so. And Trump said this, and this was actually confirmed that the reason she's speaking out is because she had planned to work at Mar-a-Lago after, and she was telling her friends all about it. And Trump said, I don't know, it's not confirmed that Trump uh, was personally involved in uh, denying her this, but he claims that he personally denied her this, um, but it is confirmed that she was going to work at Mar-a-Lago, and that job fell through between uh, when he left office and now, and that might be the reason why she's testifying. Wow. So vindictive snitch. <laughs> vindictive snitch. We got the video here. I want to just uh, play a clip of it yeah, for people who haven't uh, heard it. I'll pull it up. It's uh, quite quite funny. I do have to say, in the video, she is like laughing when she's saying this, right? She's like, she can be- almost barely get through the story that she's telling. But for some reason, this was shocking testimony. Maybe the callers can tell me why. But here we go. When I returned to the White House, I walked upstairs towards the Chief of Staff's office, and I noticed Mr. Renato lingering outside of the office. Once we had made eye contact, he quickly waved me to go into his office, which was just across the hall from mine. And I should mention Cass- Cassie Hutchinson. The split screen is her with Liz Cheney. Um, oh, my gosh. War criminal, I think it's fair to say, at least like oh, gen- genetically so. Yeah, war criminal <laughs> uh, Liz war Cheney. war crimes enthusiast. Yes, war crimes enthusiast. Enthusiast at the very least. 
When I went in, he shut the door, and I noticed Bobby Angle, who is the head of Mr. Trump's security detail, sitting in a chair, just looking somewhat discombobulated and a little lost. Um, I looked at Tony, and he had said, did you effing hear what happened in The Beast? I said, no, Tony. The Beast is the presidential limo slash suburban, which is important to note because it's like a suburban, but bigger. Katie, have you ever been? You're in New York. You probably don't know what a suburban uh, is. You don't know what we we have out here in, you know, real America. Have you ever been seeing a suburban? I don't know. I actually don't know. It's a massive car. My dad, my uncle used to drive one because he had a barbecue pit uh, in, you know, the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And so he had to drive like across a mountain to go to the nearest Sam. So he had to load it all up uh, (laughs) to get all his supplies. So he had, it's just a massive vehicle. You can't imagine how big this thing is. And my dad started driving it. Uh, it after my uh, uncle passed and it just always terrified me because it's just so huge so massive and this one is even like bigger and reinforced and this is this is important a uh, part of the rest of a story just to consider the visual just imagine the biggest car you've ever seen but then even bigger custom made for the president yeah, i just so thought an appropriate back name. what happened tony proceeded to tell me that When the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the -the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol, and when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it, it's not secure, we're going back to the West Wing, the president had very strong a very angry response to that and this is for listeners at home this is where she breaks up laughing she breaks up laughing this is supposed to be like the centerpiece testimony of what was an attempted coup of the united states government and while she's giving it she like cracks up laughing at her own story i i don't know it's so bizarre but it is a funny story which kind of but the fact that it is just a funny comical story kind of suggests that maybe it's not uh this coup wasn't uh that much of a coup um right it was yeah i mean you need an army for the coup Yes, that generally speaking, you need like an army, the CIA. Yeah, uh, you need defection. And um, I always thought, you know, whenever I was scared, because I never put it beyond Trump to try to do something like this. But whenever I was worried about it, I would be like, there's no way the army would ever let this happen. Yeah, Not because they like uphold the rule of law. They just don't like Trump. Well, here here we go. Her testimony, I think, kind of su- it supports, you know, that idea or that general thinking. Right. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president. Take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned <laughs> towards his clavicles. 
Okay. All right. All right. Not uh, to make light not, of it, but not to make light of it. But, but first this, of all, there's, apparently, there's no this way. Was not, she didn't witness this. By yeah. The way. No. This is this second, is hearsay. Hearsay. And apparently, the people who were there say that didn't happen. This did not happen. Or they didn't tell her that it happened. Yeah. Or they, yeah. They said that they're willing to testify under oath that this did not happen. That the Donald Trump did not, first of all, reach from the back seat of a stretch suburban and grab the will and simultaneously choke out another man yeah. and own was his security guard right? yeah he's security like detail? he's like dropping like is is he like the president from like what like air force one or something like harrison right. four like i do not be- i just don't believe that this happened i wouldn't put it past trump to be to say those things obviously but the fact of the matter is that even if the story is 100,000% true does it not prove the fact that he can't even get his secret service to drive him somewhere shows that whatever this coup was supposed to be it's even more poorly planned out than the average CIA coup in a South American country right yeah you can't even get your security guard slash driver who are not good people, as we know from the stories that we've talked. I think we've talked about on the K.E. Halper show uh, once or twice about how the Secret Service agents are always getting busted um, with under underage prostitutes right. and drugs in all these foreign countries. And they're racking up these bills on, like, their government cards and shit. Like, they're yeah. not, like, they're, they're, they would, if anybody would be ride or die to do a coup, it might be the Secret Service. Yeah, right. And you can't even get them. Yeah, so so I don't know this. I haven't been following One Six that much. Katie, have you been paying that much? No, but I thought this was funnier. Yes, this yeah, this was a lot funnier than most of them. I think that's why people got excited. People were trying to say, "Oh, this is big series, big time," but actually the. Knee-jerk reaction most people had was just a funny image of Trump trying to grab the steering wheel, which I do not believe. I don't believe it happens, but I can see why people want to believe it happened. It sounds right. very funny, so I don't blame people for that. Uh, also, why did she say he grabbed at his clavicles? Who who says that? Who says that? He didn't grab at his collarbones. Didn't he go for his throat? Isn't that what he meant? And I do collar? have to say, she is she gesturing. Yeah, she's gesturing while doing this, but the gestures don't make any sense. They don't match like the story she's telling. Right. Like I don't know. I, I I just don't buy it. And again, this is someone who joined the Trump administration late in 2020. Right. She wasn't there that long. She wasn't that. Cl- she did end up being getting kind of close close to people because she was someone's aide um but she was just not like a chief of staff's aide yeah she uh, chief uh, yeah and she was just not like a super insider and i do think this is kind of a case where like well i didn't get the job i wanted so fuck it might as well when's the book deal coming? yes exactly when's the book deal when's the the tv show because she she's like straight up a super mega person like but for some reason the timeline your timeline is probably filled (laughs) with people calling her a hero right super mega just a little bit more i don't know uh law abiding law <laughs> law like or you mean like uh like a mag- etiquette follows etiquette more than oh than so Trump? you mean you mean like the uh, uh the dungeons and dragons classification like lawful evil is no i just mean like she probably wants to kill like do to harm to people in ways that are more technically legal than Trump. Oh, I don't even think that's true. I think she's just mad that she got fired. Like she, yeah, yeah she, she like, like she style. joined like 
it's three of twenty twenty. I'm right. I'm not sure how much worse it could get. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It also is funny that uh, he she said that he like threw there was ketchup on the walls. Yeah, she did mention that when he when um he was told that the election was not stolen. He screamed and threw his lunch against the wall, and she came in and looked. And people did respond like, there's no way she would be even allowed in the room. What is she talking yeah. about? Trump apparently made a bunch of hot posts about this. I kind of miss him on Twitter. When's Elon getting him back on Twitter? That's where it. these posts, this is where on. these posts should be. They should be on Twitter. You shouldn't have to go to the Freedom app or whatever. But man, right. yeah, that would. Snitches who don't have reliable information. Yeah, exactly. So, if you want to talk politics, I have to tell people I don't dislike Trump. By the, I mean that I don't like Trump, or do people know that. I think everybody knows. We know, everyone must know that, right? We must. Well, not people because because when we make you make fun of his enemies, people think that you like him. But those are just shit shit libs, right? Yes, I, I would assume so. Yeah. Nobody nobody's listening. Uh, that's like that, Katie. And uh, okay, we had a caller on the line. Sorry, I was just scrolling uh, to get to you. If you want to call back in, please feel free to do so. Anybody wants to call in. Talk culture, talk politics. You can even talk wrestling. I, you know, we 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 we're all, we keep it open here on culture. Please call in, talk whatever you want to talk about. Tell me your thoughts on the let me one. Tweet this out, right? Yes. Oh, Katie, you gotta tweet it out. You gotta let the people know. And right. hey, you let let people on the show know if they don't know who you are and where they can find the Katie Halper Show and useful idiots. Oh yeah, so you can find the Katie Helper Show on YouTube on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show, youtube.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Uh, you can find the call in show that I have. I have a call in show that I do my my YouTube show is Tuesdays at seven PM and then I usually do a call in after that. Then you can find uh, Useful Idiots, which I co host now with Aaron As- Mate. That's uh sub uh dot com. We do a show called Monday Mornings on YouTube. You can find that at youtube.com slash useful idiots. We also have a call in that we do Monday mornings uh, at 11 a.m. on call in. So, and on Twitter, I'm KT Helps. That's letter K, letter T, H A L P S. All right, Nick, I see you up there. Thank you so much for being so patient. Thank you so much for calling in, Nick. Go ahead and unmute yourself. How's it going? Uh, just fine. And this isn't the thing that I, I'm calling in for mainly. And this is a joke that Leslie only you'll get. But uh, after reading the Black Swordsman arc, I'm convinced that Joe Biden actually sacrificed Bo to the God Hand to become president. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Kay, I'll would... have to explain it to you. It'll take a while, but it's, it's a very funny uh, j- child sacrifice. Abraham. Abraham. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, um, it would certainly right, yeah. explain his like. Uh, Further kind of decline into looking less and less human with each passing day. And, uh, Ew, that's a dark one, but yeah. Thank you. Oof. Thank you. That's um, a dark no, one. But the main reason why I'm calling in, and also, uh, Katie, I listened to your earlier call in. I haven't completed the whole thing, but there was somebody that I think made a good point that, uh, I, I've been noticing, which is that there's not really a shift to, uh, the discourse around universal health care and the reason why I think it is and why we're seeing just like uh, take after take of, of the dumbest kind of responses that we can have to this cultural moment about abortion, whether it's like, you know, telling people to get vasectomies or withholding sex or coming up with more and more convoluted ways to travel out of state to get it, which ultimately really only serves the affluent that can afford to travel in doctors anyways in the first place. So it is just like further kind of, reinforcing compounding means testing to kind of solve this problem for people it's already not really the same problem it is for everybody else and uh the 
the reason why I think, honestly, no one's shifting over into the universal health care discourse is because uh, Democrats and liberals fundamentally don't do, want to do the one thing that would actually help things, which is have their uh, their actual uh, income tax go up by 4% to give everybody health care. Right. I think that's true. And I, you know what, I was, did I, I should have made that point yesterday. Um, I think I, uh, someone raised that point on the call and it was a very good point. And I guess, I, I guess I thought everyone knew that, that all these people sucked on that issue, but you're right. That is why Well, uh, and they I, don't want to have this issue be like, be presented in any way that goes outside of very superficial identity politics. They don't want any class analysis applied to it. Well, and they just don't want to suffer the incredibly minor inconvenience of sacrificing a little bit of their ill-gotten gains to actually do something that would benefit people, if only because they've kind of become the same level of myopic and selfish as every Republican that kind of doesn't believe in universal programs because fundamentally they buy into this idea that, like, no one should actually have anything that they didn't quote-unquote earn. Right. And uh, I love when people are like, I paid for my student loans. I paid my student loans off. Yeah, how how dare you uh, get a free yeah. ride because it's the morally right thing to do and would actually lead right. to objectively better outcomes in the country for me and everybody else right now. But right. fundamentally, universal programs actually help uh, Trumpies and the red state people that they don't like. And uh, I do appreciate that I am seeing more over criticism and pushback against Democrats with their just like hollow, you know, you have to donate to us and vote. I wish I saw right. it more just because I'm still... On my lib Facebook feed, I'm still seeing a bunch of just incredibly stupid and non-helpful suggestions like download a menstrual cycle app and feed it false information to save uh, women yeah. and tracking data everywhere, which is another, again, I'm, just a I'm whole... Actually, oh, sorry. Oh, no. I'm actually surprised by how many no libs who are usually just shit libs are getting frustrated with the Dems. Like, even the people who bend over backwards to defend them, I think, see this as a total inept... I don't even know if it's a betrayal, ineptitude, incompetence, whatever it is. But but still, they're not going to make the connections between um, something like uh, Medicare for All and abortion, as you're pointing out. Yeah, and uh, Nick, thank you. Uh, yeah, they. I have some audio that from the libs that does cover this and see just how far they're willing uh, to push it. But Nick, thank you so much for calling, as always. Uh, with a great call. Much appreciated. Love uh, hearing from you, and don't be a stranger. Thanks, sir. A and right. madam. All right, have Thank a good you. one. I thought you were going to say you agreed with someone who called on my show last night who was like, yay, this is great news. Be Dems are baby killers. Oh, no. We no. actually had one of those guys. Oh, yeah. God. And I tried to convince him that he was a murderer because he said he supported uh, abortion in the case of a woman's life or health or death. Which, well, of course, isn't I the, want people to support that. But I'm like, well, then you're a murderer. Isn't the logical conclusion of a person like that is that they're actually, I mean, doesn't that make you an implicit, like, grown woman murderer for wanting to carry it to its most logical end? I guess. he, he You know what he cited as his, as his where he found the definition of, of personhood was the Torah. Oh, he tried to talk Torah with you? Come on. Well, I don't know the Torah, to be fair, except I think there's some stuff in there. He's religious, I'm not, but I was just like, oh, so you're a theocrat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on. Thank you so much, Nick, for calling in. I want to play this clip 
from our old friends at Pod Save America with special guest Aaron Gloria Ryan, who did come in with the heat, started off with the heat. I'm going to play this clip. I want to see, you know, most of it I think you're going to nod your head to, but then the Pod Johns strike, the Pod Johns come in. Uh, Let's hear it. And apologies to the listeners. Uh, It is one and a half times speed because I just couldn't stand to listen to it at a regular speed. So here we go. The thing that I felt was very taken advantage of as a young woman who has been outspoken in support of Democrats and Democratic candidates. I felt very much like every election cycle, there is this urgency in getting us to show up and vote and mobilize and phone bank and, and, you know, put cute stickers on our tote bags and all that. And, you know, and, and for the most part in the last few elections, young women have. And then once Democrats have control of, you know, the Senate, the House and the White House, our, our objectives are moved down to the very bottom of the list. Um, you know, the abortion thing should have been codified into law under President Biden. The fact that it wasn't is, is ridiculous. The fact that we have enough Democrats who care more about the filibuster than they do about female bodily autonomy or women's bodily autonomy or abortion rights is egregious. And every day or every Every email I got that day that was like, you got to keep me in the Senate. Can you chip in $15? It was like, fuck you. I fucked you to every single email that I got harder and harder throughout the day. And I couldn't even look at my inbox by the end of the day. I felt um, like I expected this to happen, but I didn't expect Democrats to fail as hard as they did. Can I ask, because my rage is towards specifically Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Because There we go. Oh, Pod really? John in oh, to wow. save the day. I didn't see that one coming. I feel like wow, we had... Really? If, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah let's deep. just... You are seen and you are heard. My rage is towards specifically yeah. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema because I feel like we had... If, if we had two more Democratic senators who were anti-filibuster and pro-choice... Wait, so we need, we need 50 Democratic senators who are anti-filibuster <laughs> and pro-choice. We have 50 who are pro-choice. We have 50 who were, we have 48 who were anti-filibuster on the Voting Rights Act. We haven't canvassed the rest of them on uh, getting rid of the filibuster to codify Roe, though someone should. Um, then we would have, then every Democrat, then we'd have every Democrat in the House or a majority of Democrats in the House, and Joe Biden would have signed it into law, and we would have it. So I feel like my specific rage is directed towards those two, but I don't know if... So if we have 37 senators in the lower 48 that support the filibuster, and we add 15 senators from the upper... 12 i don't know what he's talking about there i don't know what he's saying other than don't be so angry at the democrats be angry at these two democrats who are rotating villains who are apparently the president and vice president of the united states um (laughs) because if they were just regular senators then you'd think that joe biden would have some power over them i mean just go back and look at lbj and how he handled his people and got them in line this is this whole myth about like process and that they just can't do it. It's not that they don't want to do it. And we all know it's that they don't want to do it. In fact, there's just an article that I just retweeted. Someone sent to me, um, friend of my friend of show, Josh Bregman sent me a, a link to a tweet by Joe Sanka, uh, who writes new for me and a D Wolfson president by Andrew Wolfson, president Biden is poised to nominate an anti-abortion Republican attorney for federal judgeship in Kentucky in apparent deal with Mitch McConnell. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's that deal going to get us? If that, if that deal gets us to somehow, uh, get Roe v. Wade back, uh, that would be a good, that'll deal, be, that'll be a good deal. I, I don't think that's on the table. Uh, Katie, unfortunately, we have a we have a couple of callers on the line. I'll take the next one. Jam, come on up. What do you want to talk about? What's going on? How are you feeling tonight? What's going on, y'all? Can't hear me. Can't hear. You're a little bit. You're a bit low. You're a bit low. Uh, is this better now? Uh, you gotta get higher, higher, way higher. Take off your headphones if you're wearing headphones, and just go to the oh, phone. 
better? Yes, yes. All right, cool. Uh, first of all, I just want to shout out to Nick for the Berserk reference that had me dying. <laughs> it was hilarious. And I'm going to have to cut that out of the final episode, unfortunately. That's just for the live, that's just for the live crew. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to um, like get your take and uh, see what you thought about. like If, if Trump were to like, run again and win, what type of president do you think? Um, how do you think he will run his presidency this time around? going from the, the lessons that he got his first time because i think he was a very i think he was a cultural culturally successful president like to his base like you know like first thing he did one of the first things he did when he got in was you know like the muslim ban um he did a bunch of like hard like hardcore lobbying uh for like the wall even though you know that didn't really do shit but uh, i think with and especially um i think his most successful thing was you know um filling the court so I wonder, I wonder if um, he'll end up trying to push more, you know, go like uh, deeper into um, more to the cultural uh, cultural right or not. Or I just want to know what you guys would think about um, what his next president would see would be if he actually won. All right, but thank you so much for that great call, and don't be a stranger. Please call back in, Jam. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Trump Part Two, Electric Boogaloo, nightmarish scenario, but not one that seems that unlikely. I do want to mention right. something about the judges. I had this. On the list, Trump actually did not pick those judges were handpicked for him by the Federalist Society. The Federalist Society had helped pick, you know, the prior three conservative judges, but they basically picked like Trump just outsourced it. So my answer to the question of what will Trump be like in part two will be much like part one. He will do anything that people close to him tell him to do. And it's really just about that. Yeah, he really is someone who it's like he he trusts the last person who talked to him or the person who like gave him the best compliments or something. That's my sense of it. But um he's not, you know, the thing about Trump is like he's not he doesn't care about this shit. He doesn't care about I mean he cares about it as an opportunist, but he doesn't care about abortion. I mean, I think he probably cares deeply about abortion and is makes and is uh, a little probably a little bit nervous uh, about this. Right. If I'm being you honest, mean because he allegedly because he in parody on this comedy show, I would oh, I would you mean because he he has impregnated people who he who then had abortions. Katie, I would never say um, that never except say as that, a but joke. Alleg- but yeah, but like right, almost certainly, like yeah, if anybody. Course, yeah. yeah, he's not that. I mean, yeah, it's it's weird. He's uh yeah he doesn't care about this. Yeah, stuff. he's a sleazeball. He's like he's not even like a religious. He's like an atheist. Like no. all, like all of this. Like he's like literally like the closest thing we have to the first openly atheist uh, president, which is wild. But the the Federalist Society are these really conservative right wing and all mostly like Catholic. Right. Like all the judges that voted for this are, yeah. are Catholic. Like extremely yeah. uh, religious. Trump doesn't that's not who Trump is or ever has been or ever right. could be Jesus Christ except remember when they no pun intended remember when they I don't know if you remember this they asked him why the IRA was like targeting him and he's like because I'm extremely religious <laughs> alright next caller Owen how's it going come on up going good how are you in baby Leslie. Oh, we're doing good tonight. How are you? Good, thanks. Doing good. Um, I had like sort of like a a, a, a softer, a lighter political question. I just wanted to know what were you, Katie's, uh, some of your favorite examples of like 
leftist fiction propaganda that's currently being made or has been made in the past. Uh, you, oh, Which you said favorite what? Uh, leftist fictional propaganda, you said? Yeah, like sort of like types of media, for example. You could say like Star Trek or something. Like that. Oh, okay. So, Katie, oh, this is a question I, I, I usually give. But, Katie, yeah, what's a good left, some good leftist pieces of fiction that people can check out? Oh, I'm not uh, fiction. I'm such a Philistine. Let me think. Um, I mean, movies. Ray Bradbury. Ray, Ray Bradbury. Um, Reds. That movie Reds. It's like three hours long. Um, what else? Oh, that was uh, Beatty, right? Yes. Yeah, Warren Beatty, yeah. Um, what about uh, TV Howard, shows? Howard Fast. Oh, 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street show. is a leftist leftist TV oh, yeah. show? Definitely. For, for real? Definitely I I was I mean, okay, it's propaganda obviously, <laughs> but it has great foreign policy messaging. Really? AIDS messaging, yeah. That's interesting. That's that's very interesting. I I have to yeah. go back. I watched it. A great episode about Central America. Yeah, where Doug Pinhole has a girlfriend who goes back to Central America and and is killed. Oh, that's so funny. That's so wild. There's a that's... liberation theology priest in it. Yeah. I have never heard this. That's wild. I didn't I mean, I yeah. saw the first episode. It's very much dare, you know, keeping kids off drugs. Yeah. It is. yeah. But I, I I did not know that they flipped the script after that. It may be not great on the drug war nationally. I assume that if we got into it with them internationally, they'd have a more progressive you know what, we're gonna have to. We should rewatch the series. Let's do a limited, limited podcast where Let, we just do uh, watch, watch some Twenty One yeah. Jump Street. Yeah, that'd be I, fun. Yeah, I can dig it. I did have yeah. some old clips from that era, though, starting with the eighties, because one narrative that's gone that the Democrats have used to defend themselves is that they just didn't know that these Republican justices, again, who are all part of a far right religious cult. That started right. in the 1980s for the express purpose of propagating right-wing judges to the highest stations of power. And Katie, uh, you, this is a very funny story. The reason the Federalist Society started, it wasn't necessarily ideo- ideological. It was because in class they would get made fun of every time they would say something conservative. So they literally were just nerds who got bullied. And so they right. started their own little secret club at the highest – with and handpicked people who were on their way to the highest rungs of power and they succeeded six of the nine supreme court justices were from their little club that's just and is barely mentioned on you know the news and the mainstream media that uh this happened al jazeera put out an article uh today just uh, fi- uh about called the federalist society architects of the american dystopia that's worth uh checking out but i want to just play a clip of because the Democrats keep saying, oh, all these judges, when they were testifying, they said they, they believed in uh, Roe versus Wade. They said they wouldn't right. o- overturn it. Not, and that's not actually the case. Again, these are people who came with a plan. These people planned this since they were in college uh, or at least in law, in law school to get to the Supreme Court and overturn Roe v. Wade. So shockingly enough. They lied. They obfuscated. They skirted. They didn't. They weren't. They didn't come clean to the Democrats, Mm-mm. and somehow they didn't know this. So here's a clip did not come of all the justices and what they actually said about Roe v. Wade. Do I have this day an opinion, a personal opinion, on the outcome in Roe v. Wade? And my answer to you is that I do not. But do you think there is as fundamental a concern 
uh, as legitimacy of the court uh, would be involved. Oh, I'm sorry. That was first. Uh, sorry, doing bad radio there. The first person speaking was oh, Clarence. Was Clarence, Tom- was Clarence Thomas. Right. And Thomas. now we have now we have Arlen Specter questioning uh, Samuel Alito, and Samuel Alito's wife is behind him, anxious, and uh, that's because she knows he's about to lie through his teeth. <laughs> yeah. Or to be overturned. Well, Mr. Chairman, I think that there, the legitimacy of the court would be undermined in any case if the court made a decision based on its perception of public opinion. So, so he he does he what he says is that oh it would be a bad look if we overturn Roe v. Wade. Right. Not that he wouldn't do it, just that right. oh that would be a bad look. But again, these are religious zealots who just do not care about a bad yeah. look. So good it's actually really for- funny because his mom, I remember when he was being confirmed, I remember his mom was like in an interview. She was like, of course he's anti-choice. <laughs> or anti-abortion. <laughs> she's the one who said anti-choice, yeah. And he had to like walk that back. All right. And we have Neil Gors- uh, Gorsuch oh, talking Gors- to uh, Chuck Grassley. We'll consider it as precedent of the United States Supreme Court worthy as treatment of precedent like any other senator i so again he's saying it's has precedent and we'll treat it as president precedent right. like any other which means you can overturn precedent is overturned all the time not all the right. time but it does get overturned at, at times and that, that's what happened like any other yeah. senator i um said that it's settled as a precedent of the supreme court entitled to respect under principles of stare decisis and one of the important things to keep in mind about Roe v. Wade is that it has been reaffirmed many times over the past uh, 45 years. Webster's Dictionary defines Roe v. Wade as a law. Again, he just states the facts. It has been maintained. It has been established. His purpose is of going to the court is to undo that, and he does not promise not to do that. Uh, that was, of course, uh, Kavanaugh. And next up, we oh, have a- Amy Coney Barrett oh, and uh, the, and our homegirl, Amy Clobbs. Amy Clobbs, yours. As Richard Fallon from Harvard said, Roe is not a super precedent because calls for its overruling have never ceased, but that doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled. It just means that it doesn't fall on the small handful of cases like Marbury versus Madison and Brown versus the board that no one questions anymore. That really does tie it together because she because earlier they said, oh, it's precedent. And then she comes back and says, well, it's not super precedent. People still challenge it. There's only a narrow few things that are super precedent that will never overturn. And Roe v. Wade is not one of them. But don't worry because most cases are like that. It's just they absolutely did not say they would not overturn Roe v. Wade at any point. That's ridiculous. All right. Next caller, Sam. How's it going? Go ahead, unmute yourself. It's at the bottom of the screen. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Back under. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, great. So I uh, here's my question. They so it seems like this is like would fall into Democrats' laps as like the perfect opportunity, where you know they don't have to make any kind of economic statement. You know, they don't have to do anything for voters other than saying we're going to fight. You know tooth and nail for Roe v. Wade and that that should be what they're going all in on and then they can sort of maintain their position as like there's a neoliberal kind of world order 
and we are the defenders of that. And it seems like they've even lost grasp of that, where they're like, yeah, even this, we don't even like care that it's going away. It's like, you know, I, I get that they're, you know, that they're, they're, I don't know, whatever, they're pussies or they can't fight, but like, this seems like this is like, it's not- with the, for their donor base, for everyone, like, what what do they what do they have to lose to just take a hand hard stance on this? I think it's partly that they're not just cowards; that they actually don't want this; that they want to be able to fundraise off of this, and they want to be able to fearmonger people with this. Um, I think that's part of the reason that they don't do anything about these scary ass judges getting confirmed. It's also because almost all the decisions made by the Supreme Court relate to corporate power and economic issues. And, and the Democrats, as we know, are basically like the Republicans on those issues. Yeah. They're, this is not the first horrific decision that's been passed. And they're like, they're about to demolish the EPA established of all people by Richard Nixon. Um, right. And it will be demolished under a president, uh, Biden, and maybe all federal regulation like it's just a free-for-all and again this was what they've been pl- with a bunch of nerds at yale who got picked on at school were able to do what have the democrats done in that same amount of time sam yeah. thank you so much uh for if the I was, call okay if, oh, if i was a democratic politician i would say this is an aberration of the norm that we all so love to uphold and like really go hard on that because that's like what they all have to ride on and it's like they're letting that slip away. So I, I feel like they're, I don't know. I, I think like the idea they're that they're inept. Well. It's like, are they inept or are they evil? And now I'm starting to think that maybe they're inept. Well, no, that's, they're not. I don't, so you were, you're saying that you used to think that they were inept and now you think they're evil or the other way around? No, the other way around. No, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I thought they were, I thought they liked that. I thought this system sort of had this place where they were sort of like, holding back the the boulder that was going to crush us all and then they let it crush us and now they're like well yeah and i think they uh uh they they're not um they're not holding their place that like kind of keeps their, their like whatever space they they have to like that they're, they're giving up their space of power where like they it makes sense to support them right Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, you were asking what they're doing, and I'm going to take care of that in our last segment. Thank you so much, Sam, uh, for the call. Much appreciated. Uh, don't be a stranger. But I have a story. Like, what? So, what are the Democrats doing? And they're, they are spending, you know, big money on certain races. Uh, our friend of the show, friend of ours, Kate Willett, uh, posted this from uh, Political. There's also an article in the New York Times about this. Huh? Katie, did you know that the Democrats are literally spending millions of dollars in some of the races going yeah. around the country, some of the primaries to like Pritzker. Yeah. For to on Republican candidates, Republican, like super far right, Republicans. far right. Republicans yeah. It's the Pied Piper strategy. Right. Once again, they are, they're literally funding these uh, in several states in the last few weeks, a Democratic super PAC has poured three point nine million dollars into television ads in the Republican primary race to help Ron Hanks, a state legislator who has declared that Donald Trump won the 2020 election and that all abortion to, should be outlawed. I also think he was also at one six. It may have been another guy, too, um, but they've. And it's not just this one race. They funded three race. Democrats also spent money to shape 
three Republican primaries in Colorado on Tuesday, again, giving money to the farther right candidate in hope that they win the primary so that the Democrat will have a e- uh, easier time in the general election. We know how that generally works out, but the Democrats, again, not being you know good at this, f- when they spent the... the They lost all three of those races in Colorado that they spent money on. So their far right candidate lost all those races. So it was a waste of money for a Republican. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah, that's because they can't do real politics. So they have to do these weird maneuverings. They can't actually run on shit. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. But Katie... Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Had a great time talking with you. It's been too long. It's been too long since we I know talk- it has been too long. Um, but tell people once more where they can find you, where they can find the Katie Halper Show. Yeah, the Katie Halper Show. You can find it at Patreon, patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. You can find it at um, uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash the Katie Halper Show. You can find it at uh, where else? Oh, uh, you can listen to it as a podcast and you can find useful idiots. Uh, substack.com usefulidiots.substack.com you can find it on a podcast you can find it at youtube.com slash usefulidiots we do a live stream every Monday uh, at 10am then we do a call in every Monday morning at 11am I do my show live Tuesdays at 7pm EST Leslie you gotta come back to oh, the Katie Helper show please I'd love to now that summer's here school's out for summer I have more time I would love to love to great All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Much appreciated. Had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for all the callers. Might do a little bit, a few more of these political ones, but thank you so much for listening to the wrestling shows. Thank you so much for listening to Struggle Session at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.show. Hey, if you're missing the wrestling show tonight, Check out the show we're about to put up at sesh.show, uh, at sesh.plus, uh, rather, with Matt Bender, uh, who is a big time wrestling. Katie, did you know that Matt was a wrestling fan, a wrestling aficionado? I did not know that. Oh, he is big time wrestling fan. And we talk about the life and crimes of Vince McMahon. Um, Katie, I'm sure you've heard that he had to step down as CEO from wwe in this past i week. didn't hear that i'm i'm glad i'm sitting down though I'm oh yes down, no, you news. never thought you'd see today can i also say one more thing which is that on my live stream last night which i did with a bunch of people including um amy merrill from plan c we talk about how you can get legal medical well i don't know legal uh, we talk about how you can have a medical abortion it's you can get pills oh so, yes there are ways to get pills. Go to plancpills.org. You can hear what my discussion with Amy Merrill, who's one of the founders of it, um, and we have a great discussion. It's you know we what we do is we as is our want on my show we go over how much the Democrats have failed, um, or not even failed because I think it's intentional. So they've failed the people, but we also have some solutions about what can be done, including um, how you can connect to places like Plan C, yeah, which provides. Um, uh, yeah, pill pill abortions, medical abortions. Yeah, you've been doing some great uh, shows over there, Katie. Mm-hmm. I, I really you know appreciate your work. Everyone uh, does, and thank you so much for coming on my. Oh, one more pitch. Sorry, I did a video with Double Down News. Check that out because there are a lot of people who are hating on it, and that I did that uh, where it's a little bit of a like a monologue where I'm talking about all the things the Dems did and how RBG should have retired. So yeah. Oh, go give that. that support to Katie. Katie, yeah. one of my. Best friends in the whole wide world. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Had a blast tonight. Have a good one. Peace.